Would you stand with me one more time this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the book of Romans chapter number 12. The book of Romans chapter number 12. As we begin a brand new series today, and this will be the foundation scripture for our series. So we'll be reading this perhaps every Sunday for the next few weeks. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8. This is from the New Living Translation. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. Say many parts. parts. Say one one body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts. Say different gifts. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Say certain things. Everything? No, certain things. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Father, we thank you once again for your incredible, your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing word. God, I pray today that your word once again will go forth in demonstration and in power today. God, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear your word. God, help us not just listen and hear today, but God, help us to heed your word. Let us put into practice what we receive today All for your glory, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, today we began a brand new series I'm calling The Core. Say, The Core. Let me give you a definition for the word core. The word core means the part of something that is central to its existence or character. I'm going to give it to you again. The part of something that is central to to its existence or character. In the next several weeks, we're going to to talk about and remind ourselves of what the core of the grace place is. Periodically, and it's been a long, long time since we've done any of this, and so I think it's very important, and I think we're right on target and right on time as we look and remind ourselves, and for some of you, it'll be the first time you've ever heard this, and for others, it's been so long since I put this all together like this that it'll be a reminder to you and it'll be a help to you as well, I hope. Well, today we're going to begin uh, with our core values. We'll talk about our core values. Our core values are who we are. So that's what we're going to talk about, who we are. Who, who are we as the Grace Place, as a local church? Who are we? So we're going to look at our core values, and that will, that will tell us who we are. Now, we have seven 
seven core values at the Grace Place. Now, these are not all the things that we value. We're not saying that's all that we value. Nothing else is valuable, only these seven things. No, no, they, they are the values that we value most, the things we value most, and these are our priorities. This is where our heart is. These values help guide us as to what we do and as to what we don't do. We, we discover what we truly value, where our heart is, who we are, and then that's what we do. There's a lot of things that we could do, but there's not time to do everything that needs to be done. So we need to find out what it is specifically that God wants us to do, and then we need to go about doing that. These values are the core or the things that are central to our existence and character. It's who we are. Then after we talk about our core values or who we are, we're going to then talk about our core doctrines. And that is what we believe. Now in our scripture for today and our foundation scripture for this series, the Bible says that God gives different gifts for different tasks. Everyone has God-given gifts, but not everyone has the same gifts. The gifts we have are a clue to God's task for us. Well, not only is that true as individuals, but I believe it is also true for the church. I believe that every individual church has an individual task. Every church obviously has been given some of the same tasks, but I also believe that every church has also been given specific tasks. Just as every Christian should discover their own personal and specific assignment, I also believe that every church, every church should as well. Now, let me remind you about how you discover your your specific assignment or task. You discover your specific assignment or task by looking in your heart and by looking in your hands. Well, we have done that. We have done that at the Grace Place, and in doing so, we have discovered seven core values or seven things that we want to concentrate or seven things that is in our heart and that is in our hands, seven things that we want our church to be all about. Let me also remind you of our word for the year. Can anyone tell me what our word for the year is? The word for the year is the word impact. And the word for the year gives us direction for the year. And so that is what we desire. We believe that that is what God wants for us this coming year. And that is that we would make an impact. Let me say this this morning, if we indeed experience a year of impact, it will be because we majored in our core values. See, when we discover who we are, which also tells us who we're not. See, not only do you need to know who you are, you also need to know who you are not. And so when we discover who we are, which also tells us who we're not, And then we major in these areas that we are gifted for and that we are called to. Then we will experience major impact. How many could could agree with me on that this morning? See, we're going to have a whole lot more success both as individuals and as a body of believers if we develop who we are rather than try and be a carbon copy of somebody else. 
See, I can be a better me than I can be a carbon copy of somebody else. And so we need to discover both individually and corporately as a church who we are and who God wants us to be. And we don't need to go out there searching and get on the internet or look around and find some church and say, you know what, that's who I'd like to be, man. If we could just be like them, if we could only be them. No, no, no. We need to find and discover who we are and who God wants us to be. And then we need to be the very best us that we can possibly be because we can be a better us than we can be a carbon copy of somebody else. So let's get started this morning on talking about our core values. Our first core value, and these are in no particular order. Let me say this. First of all, we value serving people. One of our core values is serving people. 27 years ago, I made a brand new commitment. How many know we need to make a brand new commitment every once in a while? 27 years ago, I made a brand new commitment commitment. And, and, and it was not to preach better sermons. And I, and, and I don't plan on preaching bad ones either. I got to listen so I want them to be good. But my new commitment was not to make, not to preach better sermons. My new commitment was not to become a better administrator. Hopefully over the last 27 years I have become a better administrator, but that was not the commitment that I made. Nor was it uh, a commitment to gain more knowledge. And hopefully in the last 27 years of studying daily and applying myself, hopefully I know a whole lot more today than I did 27 years ago. But 27 years ago, I made a brand new commitment, and my brand new commitment was to love people like I had never loved people ever before. It wasn't that I didn't love people. I did love people, and I ministered to people. But I made a brand-new commitment that I was going to love people like I had never loved people my entire life. I made a new commitment that I was going to love everybody, a commitment to love everybody, to love by decision, by decision. I love you no matter who you are or what you've done. I love you because I have decided to love people. Now, I will tell you, some people are easier to love than other people. And sometimes the people I love is just simply because I made a commitment to love people, and I have to love them by decision. You know some people like that, and maybe I'm that person to somebody here this morning. It's quite possible. I made a commitment to love everybody, to love by decision. I, I made a commitment to love all of the people that love me, but I also made a commitment to love those whose mission in life seems to be to make sure I know they don't love me very much. Just keeping it real this morning, amen? Can I tell you, can I tell you that it's the best commitment I have ever made outside of my commitment to Christ and to my wife. It's the greatest decision. It's the greatest commitment I have ever made in my life. But not only did I make the commitment personally, but I also made the commitment to teach my people to make the same commitment. For So for the last 27 years, I've been pounding along with, with loving people unconditionally. Well, our first core value at the Grace Place is serving people. Our missions statement here is caring people, caring for people. Well, how do we carry out our first core value? Let me suggest three ways this morning. First of all, by creating an atmosphere of caring. 
creating an atmosphere of caring. That's my heart. That's what I want. That's what I desire above everything else in this church is that we create an atmosphere of caring that when people walk in the door, they know immediately there's some people that are genuine and there's some people that actually do care. John 13 and 35, Jesus said, by this everybody will know that you are my disciple. Why? How are they going to know I'm a disciple? Because I have a, what would Jesus do, bracelet around my, around my wrist? What, 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 Jesus, what are you talking about? Jesus said, by this everyone will know that you're my disciple. Jesus said, if you love one another. You genuinely love one another. They're going to know that you are of me. Here's what I've discovered, and that is true love is more about actions than words. At the Grace Place, we genuinely care about people. Listen, we care so much about people that we, we actually organize care. That's how much we care. We care enough that we organize care around here. We do this by placing everybody in a C group. You've already heard about that, but let me touch on it this morning. C groups, five to seven family units to a group. The purpose of C groups is twofold. It's for caring and it's for community. It's to have someone to care for you and someone to fellowship or have community with. These five to seven families care for one another. They hang out with each other once a month. And if anyone in the group is sick or in need, all the people in the group love on them and care for them. Let me just say that if you're not presently in a C group, See Pastor Landon in order to be placed in one. They are incredible. Well, how else do we attempt to care, uh, to serve people around here? Well, by attempting to, uh, to abolish prejudice. By attempting to abolish prejudice. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 28, it says that in Christ there is no distinction. Say no distinction. In Christ there is no distinction between between Jew or Gentile, no distinction in race or color, no even not even any distinction made in male and female. See, there is absolutely no room for prejudice in the church of Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you straight up this morning, if you are prejudiced, you're probably not going to fit in. You're probably not going to like it around here very much because that's something we just do not tolerate. We love every color. We love every nationality. We love every ethnicity. Why? You know why? We even love white folk around here. <laughs> Notice the third way we serve people. We serve people by administering healing to the hurting. Administering healing to the hurting. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6, or Galatians 6 and verse 2 says to share each other's burdens. Can I tell you that in the past 27 years, God has sent me a constant stream of hurting people. I'm not saying everyone sitting in these seats today came in here hurting. But I am telling you over the last 27 years, it's been amazing how many people God has sent to me. He has just sent a constant stream of hurting people people, wounded people, disappointed and disillusioned people, bruised and beaten down people. Let me just tell you that I am so honored, I am so honored that God would trust me with these vulnerable and volatile people. 
Do you even understand the degree of responsibility that God places on us when he sends us people like this? When God said to me, call your church the grace place. Notice he didn't say call it the judgmental place. He didn't say call your church the condemning place. He didn't say call your church the better than thou place. When God said call your church the grace place. And when God said caring people, caring for people. This was God's assignment for us. This was God's task for us. This was that specific, particular, personal thing that God wanted from this local assembly. Well, we're talking about our core values today. Who we are. What we value here. Not only do we value serving people, but... But also, number two, we also value sincere worship. Sincere worship is a, is a core value. And the emphasis is on the word sincere. Sincere worship. See, see, we don't have a worship team. We have a team of worshipers. And there's a big difference between a worship team and a team of worshipers. Let me say two things about our worship at the Grace Place. First of all, it's motivated by love and thanksgiving. Motivated by love and thanksgiving. Psalm 100, Psalm 100, verse number 1 says, To make a joyful shout to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. Us loudmouths can worship you. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. With what? Come before his presence with singing. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. With what? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Here's what I believe. And that is if you truly love God with all of your heart. If you are genuinely thankful for his blessings on your life, you will be motivated to praise and worship him regardless of the style. Now, I'm going to get out there where angels fear to tread, but that's all right. I've been out there before. So I'm going to say it again. You will be motivated to praise and worship him regardless of the style. And you will not have to be begged. You will not have to be pleaded with. You will not have to be prodded to worship. And you will be a participant and not just a spectator or a critic. Now, will you have your personal preference? Absolutely. Everybody has their personal preference. That's the reason why some of us support God's team and others settle for second best. Amen. We have our preference. We have our preference of everything, our preference of food, our preference of teams, our preference of beauty, our preference. Are we going to have preference in worship? Absolutely, we're people, and we're going to have our preferences. But we also need to understand that at the end of the day, it's about the Savior, not about the song. If we could only understand that, if we could only get that through our thick head, that at the end of the day, it's about the Savior, it's not about the song. Now, that being said, at the Grace Place, our worship will be modern and up-to-date. 
it will be modern and up-to-date. You might say, Pastor, Pastor, what's wrong with the old songs? Nothing. Nothing. And they were absolutely great for their time. I told you I'm going to get out there where angels fear to tread. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. The old songs were once the new songs. And when these old songs were introduced as the new songs, the people said, what's wrong with the old songs? Amen? Hey, change is hard. Harder for some people than others. It's not very hard for me. I actually like change. I like getting out of the rut myself. But I understand for most people, change is hard. But change is necessary. Change is necessary. Here's what we need to understand. Write this down. This is worth the price of admission. By the way, some of you haven't paid the price yet. Come on, I'm just trying to keep it a little bit light, okay? Here's what we need to understand. Write this down. Songs are not scripture. That's pretty good, isn't it? Say that with me this morning. Songs are not scripture. Say it again. Yeah, we need to understand that songs are not scripture. Songs change. Scripture doesn't. Methods change. The message doesn't. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me, grandmas. Hear me, grandpas. We had our music. We had our music. Shouldn't we allow our kids and our grandkids to have theirs? Think about it. We had our music. We did. Not saying we're not important anymore, but we had our music. We wanted our music, and we had our music. So shouldn't we let our kids and our grandkids have theirs? And also what we need to understand is that what reaches one generation will not reach the next generation. Don't you want to reach, don't you want us to reach your kids and your grandkids? And besides all of that, I have scripture. You have scripture? Yeah, I have scripture. Psalm 149 and 1 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing what? Sing unto the Lord a new song. God says, sing me a new song. Listen, I believe God is saying to somebody, don't you have something fresh? Don't you have something new? Oh, maybe God is saying, am I I not up to date in your heart? Oh, God would say this morning, I have put words and I have put music and I have put songs in people's hearts for a reason. So write me a new love song. Don't sing me something stale. Sing me a new song, says the Lord. Well, here's the bottom line this morning. Whether old or new, sing it from your heart and sing it with sincerity. Pastor, I can't sing the new stuff. Yeah, because you don't try. Got to try. Amen. All right. Mm. Anybody still love me in the house? Oh, may our worship here always be motivated by love, always be motivated by thanksgiving, and may we never major on minors. And style is a minor. All right, let's look at another core value. Maybe I can get back in your good graces. We 
I don't know, though, because this one is kind of, you know, tough also. We, we value sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. If you've been here very, very often, you will know that we're not timid around here when it comes to talking about giving. The fact of the matter is we clap when the tithe and the offering is announced. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. See, people who chafe with the thought of sacrificial giving don't understand the true dynamics of giving. See, only people who understand and have experienced the dynamics of true sacrificial giving, only they are able to give cheerfully. Well, let me take a moment this morning and try and help you understand some of the dynamics, some of the dynamics of giving. Three things here. First of all, our giving reveals our true values. Our giving reveals our true values. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 21, Jesus said where your treasure is or where your money is, Jesus said, there your heart will be also. Jesus said you can tell what a person truly values by where they choose to spend their money. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus said it. I'm going to say this this morning. Write this down. It's worth writing down. Our heart directs our money. Our heart directs our money. Well, it's true for the church as well as for the individual Christian. See, there's something wrong when a church will spend more money on creature comforts than on missions. I'm not going to, but I can tell you about a large church that stopped giving to missions for a whole year. Why did they stop giving to to missions for a whole year? They stopped giving to missions for a whole year so that they could spend that money, missions money, they could spend that money on landscaping their property. What? Our giving reveals our true values. Second thing about our giving this morning, that is our giving refreshes others. It refreshes others. 1 John 3, verse 17 and 18, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need, yet he is unwilling to help them, how can God's love be in them? It goes on to say, don't just say you love, but prove it with your actions. And I tell you what a joy it is to be able to help somebody that is in genuine need. May I say to you this morning, there's no greater joy in life than to be able to provide something for someone who cannot provide it for themselves. I like what Pastor David Jeremiah says. He says God's blessings are not just meant to give us a higher standard of living, but also to give us a higher standard of giving. The third thing about our giving, that is our giving reproduces itself. Our giving reproduces itself. See, giving is like a a boomerang. It's like a boomerang. You give it away, but it just keeps coming back to you. Because you can't outgive God, can you? 
You can't outgive God. And people don't understand that statement. And people that don't like to give and people that are miserly with their giving, they don't like it and they don't believe it. And, you know, they have all kinds of excuses and all kinds of reasons why they don't. But I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing that you can do. If you learn anything else, you need to learn this. And that is, man, it is, it is the greatest thing you can do for yourself to become a, to become a generous giver. Jesus said in Luke 6 and 38, Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Jesus said, give it away and it will come back to you. That's what he said. Give it and it will be given to you. And this is the way it's going to be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over will be poured into your lap. Into whose lap? Into your lap. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. You And then Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25 says, A person gives freely, yet gains even more. Again, you can't outgive God. You try to give it away, but God gives it back. But it gives back more than what you gave. A person gives freely, yet gains even more. A generous person will prosper. Will what? Oh, I can't give it away. If I give it away, I won't have enough. No, no, no. If you give it away, God will bless you, and he'll bring it back to you, and you'll have more than you had in the beginning. Pastor, I can't afford to give 10% of my income to God. I can't afford not to. I can't afford not to. I'm telling you, I, I, listen, listen. Listen, you just can't talk me out of it. I'm sorry. We can negotiate on some things, but not on this. I've proven it. Listen, listen, I can do a whole lot better with 90% in God's blessing than I can with 100% in God's curse. And Malachi chapter 3 tells me that. Amen. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Well, here's what I've discovered, and that is if you'll become a giver, God will make sure that you always have something to give. If you'll become a giver, God will always make sure that you'll have something to give. Who does God want to give to? Does he want to give to someone who's miserly? Does he want to give to someone that's going to keep it all to himself? Or does it make common sense for God to put something in the man's hand that is going to not keep all of it, but it's going to release some of it for his kingdom and for his work. I also have discovered this, and that is God invests in people who invest in him. And I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not preaching theory this morning. I've been there. I've done that. I bought that T-shirt. Amen? Well, you might have an argument, but I have an experience. And at the Grace Place, we preach and we practice sacrificial Giving. It's one of our core values, and it's one of the reasons, I believe, why God has blessed this church so abundantly nearly 15 years now. We're so thankful and grateful to God. All right, let's quickly talk about one more of our core values, and then we'll be finished for today. The fourth core value, there's seven of them, but the fourth and final one we're going to talk about today is we value sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel is one of our core values. It's what we're all about at the Grace Place. Let me give you two reasons why this is one of our core values. First of all, it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe upon him would not have to perish but could have everlasting life. And Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8 says, God demonstrated his love for us. How did God demonstrate his love for us? God demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. 
Oh, the world asked God, God, how much do you love us? And God answered man by placing his one and only son on the cross. And Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross. And Jesus said to the world, I love you this much. This much. Why is sharing the gospel one of our core values at the Grace Place? Two reasons. One, it's the heart of God. And the second reason is because, because it is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. Jesus said, go into all of the world and preach the gospel. And Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says, for I am not ashamed. Paul writes, and he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why are you not ashamed of the gospel, Paul? He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Let me ask you this question this morning. If you were in a boat and you came across someone drowning in the water, there was a life jacket that was in the boat beside you. All you had to do was to toss the life jacket over to them and it would save their life. Let me ask you the question this morning, would you toss it? Would you? Of course you would. Oh, hear me this morning, there are at least four or five billion people in the world today who are drowning in the sea of sin. Four or five billion people in our world today that are on their way to hell. And yet in our hands we hold a spiritual life jacket. Listen, the gospel is a spiritual life jacket and all we have to do is throw them the life jacket. All we have to do is present to them the, the life jacket. All we have to do is present to them oh, their salvation through the blood and through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you this morning with the world lost and dying, with the world on its way to hell and us holding the life jacket, can we, can we not throw the life jacket? Can we can we not throw it all? I don't know about you, but I want to throw the jacket this morning. I don't know about you, but I want to, whosoever will to come to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to have an impact on reaching a multitude of people. We've got the answer. Let's give the answer to our world today. Why do we value sharing the gospel? Because it's the hope of the world. Our takeaway today, at the Grace Place, we value what God values. And when we value what God values, it makes us valuable to his kingdom. Did you know that? I'm going to say that again. That's better than the response. Listen to me. At the grace place, we value what God values. And when we value what God values, it makes us valuable to his kingdom. And listen to me this morning. The people in the church that is valuable to God's kingdom will experience God's provision, God's power, and God's protection. Well, I've given you four of our seven core values. It's not all that we value, but these are our core values. It's the core. It's, what, it's who we are. It's what we're all about. We're going to talk about the next three next Sunday. Here's my question for you this morning. My question for you this morning is, are you a part of the core of the grace place? Are you a part of the core? Remember the definition of the word core? The part of something that is central 
to its existence or character. Here's what I know, and that is that a church is only as strong and it is only as effective as its core. Are you a part of the core? Are you just on the fringes? Are you on the outside looking in? Are you a part of the core? To be a part of the core means to align yourself with the vision and mission of this church. And you see, we do more than just have church around here. Our purpose is not just to have church on 9 and 11 on Sunday morning and discipleship on Wednesday nights. We, we, we do so much more than just have church around here. We have a God-given vision. A God-given vision. And we are laser-focused. We are laser-focused on fulfilling our vision. 